Hi, I'm Maureen Whitehouse. And I'm Christian Camarena. And this is Miracle Renegade. So let's start. What's up? Yesterday I had, I had, uh, while I was walking, I realized that I'm always pushing forward. I'm always giving things to everything that's around me. And then for the first time, I stopped. And I felt relaxed and neutral. And then something told me to start taking in, you know, start taking taking the world and taking the people but without giving anything, without putting any effort forward, mm. just to receive. But as a regular person, I've never felt that kind of uh, like all-encompassing, you know? Mm, like presence, yeah. being able to show up. Yeah, it's really interesting because uh, from a young age, we're conditioned to perform. You know, as a baby, you're smiling for people and clapping or learning all those little milestones that you learn as a child, usually to the applause and approval of other people. Mm. And it starts our trajectory in looking outside of ourselves for our identity. Okay, yeah. And so when we show up to life, it's quite natural to be engaged with and interacting with all the things that are around us, but we don't realize that it's the same as a really valuable conversation. When you're in a really valuable conversation, you have to listen, you have to receive, you have to take in in order to be able to speak wisely or appropriately. It's the same with life. If you're not taking in what's around you, people, places, things, then you're really not engaging with it 100%. People don't realize often that's the exact reason why they feel lost or unfulfilled or incapable of having a happy life. It's because they've shown up performing rather than just engaging. Yeah. Yeah, what you described is engaging. It means connectivity. Remember we talked about this just a little bit before that the ego is the voice of separation. So it means that if you're feeling separate from something, you're going to have to perform in order to get the attention or to get acknowledgement. If you're feeling connected, the voice of the soul is the voice of your own best interest, and it always speaks of connectivity. So what you were describing, didn't you feel more connected as you were walking along and engaging with things differently? Yes, definitely. It was... Uh... It almost felt like I was taking, you know, like almost cheating. I felt guilty about it at first because I've never, I've always felt that as soon as I got something, I had to spend it, you know, mm, mm. like I had this good feeling I have to pay it forward because there's so many people who don't have, you know, an extra slice of pizza that I got at mm -hmm. the pizza place. I have to think about how am I going to make things better for others. Uh, so interesting. Really important and valuable because here's some traits of people who identify as miracle renegades. They came here with a natural tendency to bring something. They know they have gifts and talents. Maybe they haven't yet used them 100% or even realized all of them, but they know 
deep inside, they came here for a purpose. They feel like there must be more than what I'm experiencing now. That's one of the qualities. Another one is that they're naturally prone to giving. They're naturally people who, if you were in a crowd, they'd be the one you'd go to to step up to take action on something important. Mm. They know they came here without needing a whole lot of what other people typically feel like they need. Can you expound on like maybe trust behind that one? Mm. Like we're supposed to know these things or like we come into this world knowing these things. Mm -hmm. But how can I distinguish between my ego and what I came into the world kind of? uh, With what you brought here. Yeah. So everyone who comes to this life has a larger part of themselves that's not in the physical body. Mm. 95 to 99% of us is not in physical form. It's our genius capacity. It's our loving capacity. It's our altruistic nature. It's all of the qualities that we have that make the world go round when people embody them really well. Mm. Most of us, though, have been focused on, ever since we were children, all of these physical attributes that we have. And it's very natural. You're in a body, so you feel like, okay, this is the biggest part of me that seems to show up in relationship. I better groom it well. I better, you know, teach it well. I better have it present itself well. And that's the symbol of success. Yeah. But often people get to a point and say, why am I feeling empty? What's going on here? And it's because in paying all that attention just to the physical attributes or just to the material world around you and what you've accumulated and what you've engaged with primarily, you lose a connection to that deeper sense of self that we have that has all the capacity to create. Whatever is in the world is part of what's already been created or already been made. Yeah. What we bring here is the capacity to evolve that, to keep moving it in ways that expand our capacity here as human beings on the planet. That's really interesting, yeah, because like I was a chef, so my my chef wanted me to push his vision further than he could have. Because, you know, he's 50 mm-hmm. and he saw that there was potential in me to push his vision forward. And I guess that's children too, right? At best, we see that the next generation is going to evolve this place further than the one before. This vast part of us that's not physical is the unmanifested. It has not yet been put into physical form. So think of all that's out there that over the ages has been brought to form here all the genius and all the creations and all the inventions, all of that came from unmanifested. And there was a time when people didn't know that you could, you know, talk on a cell phone or watch videos or watch each other from all over the world on a cell phone. That was unmanifested potential. Even in our lifetimes, we've seen that come to be. So it's important to recognize that when we feel as though we're limited in any way, it's because our, our viewpoint and our vantage point is primarily the body and mm. what's already been manifested. It just takes us to relax, actually, because this field of awareness that's unmanifested already exists. It's already intact. It's the same part of us that our breath accesses when we came in with our first breath and we'll leave with our last. It's mm. this yeah. unmanifested, unbounded space and potential. Is that always 
evolving or is it something that you walk into? It will always be evolving and expanding because that's the nature of it. Like, think about it. Love expands. That's the quality of this unmanifested. We tap it best through love. Like when you love your work or when you love your research or you yeah. love your relationship or you love your dog, whenever you're in that space, you're fully engaged. And we really are in love when we're receiving. Mm. So to be constantly putting out and imagining that that's all there is to love is a fractured, fragmented experience of love. Mm. It makes us feel like we have to sacrifice ultimately. Yeah. And not tap this vast resource we have that's unmanifested because we're so busy thinking of us just as human beings and whoever we're engaged with just as human beings will make choices and decisions to help them based on their limiting experience, thinking that's all they are, when they can tap into that vast resource themselves at any time. Mm-hmm. You can only go so far because eventually you'll get tired, you'll get burnt out. Yeah. Uh, you start getting really negative about well, I remember, things, right? Yeah, absolutely. I remember when my kids were small one time, I saw an article in one of the local newspapers. And it was about a man who was such a loving, engaged father. He had a son who was autistic. They said he had the son with him 24-7. When he would mow the lawn on that one of those riding mowers, he'd have his son sitting in his lap. And I think he was about eight years old. And all the neighbors said, wow, this guy is such a sweet, wonderful man. Wound up, this is an extreme example again to make a point, it wound up that he actually killed his son and then killed himself. Oh, wow. We get conditioned to believe what's good and bad. And so if somebody believes they're only good, if they're, you know, 24-7 with someone who requires a lot of attention and takes them away from spending any time with this vastness of themselves, this spaciousness of themselves, then they're going to come at some point to a place where they have finite limited resources, finite patience, finite mental capacity to come up with creative avenues, finite potential. A Mm. body is a finite experience. Thinking only of the physical makes us believe that this is finite. But we have this vast, massive, infinite potential to tap. Think of The neighbors who thought he was such a wonderful dad, if he just knocked on a door and said, hey, you know, I'm really feeling burnt out now. Or if he wasn't taught that perfection is performance, then he would have maybe given a call for love to somebody who could answer it and then received, like you were saying, so that there's a balance there. People have to be really careful about giving as a sacrifice. Yeah. But from the stories permeating through culture, especially for like a young man, like I I used to watch anime, I used to read comic books, and it seems like the more you sacrifice, the stronger you get. Interesting. Yeah, in those stories. Definitely, definitely a conditioned belief that society promotes constantly, that the people who are the more noble souls here are the ones that sacrifice. I think it kind of comes from that inkling that we were talking about miracle renegades have a natural inclination to give. Yeah. But that's because your tendency is not to judge. Your tendency is to create. 
So it sparks your creative juices whenever you see something that looks dysfunctional or doesn't look as though it's 100% where it could be. Yeah. So there's a point to make about this, the difference between making things happen and creating Mm -hmm. a new way. Making things happen, can you feel the push there? Can you feel like the tendency to think this doesn't exist and now I'm going to make it happen means that you're separate from something and you're trying to move it forward or you're trying to get it somewhere it's not. When you're creating, you're taking something where it is exactly how it is and you're expanding it. So there's a degree of uh, not only acceptance but appreciation for what is. The bigger the mess sometimes, the greater the creation. Very interesting, yeah. Any great creator knows this. And it's that difference there, that voice of the ego, the voice of separation is, I'm going to fix you. I'm going to fight this. I'm going to change this. But it means you're dissatisfied with what is. For instance, you hate your job. Mm-hmm. And you're going to the job just because, you know, you were taught that sacrifice is noble. So your family gets a paycheck. You show up because you're pretty good at your job and your people at work get what they need from you. But you're just an empty, hollow shell when you're there. Mm. Ultimately, that's an assault on everybody in your world because you can't show up 100%. You might be good at this job and give 1%, but what would happen if you really showed up with 100%? Maybe everybody would advance beyond where they are in that job. Yeah, you don't think about time. You don't think about sacrifice. You don't think about the hours you put in or the people you're working with. You just want to be there. You know? And that's what presence is, you know, the be present, be here now. I always tell people never address a problem from the place that it was made in order to create new results. You show up just knowing that you're creating your world from this moment forward. That's literally the unmanifested. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, do you? No. We don't know. And so that makes it infinitely open to any possibility. Yeah. So what happens if you take everything that happened up until this moment, this is for Miracle Renegades, this is how you want to show up to life, no matter what it is, you take everything that happened up to this moment, and now you put it under your belt. It's, it's powerful information. You know dramatically what you don't like if it was a hard life, and you know definitely what you would like. And so you look at that all as a bunch of contrast no judgment other than that, that you can pick and choose from the contrast. It's all creative material. Mm. And from this very moment, moving forward, you create the life you want to live. You don't take other people's ideas about what you are. Just because someone told me I wasn't good enough or I was terrible at this or that, you take their word for it. They might have been just having a perpetual bad day. Yeah. And you could be a genius at it. And if you take other people's ideas about what you are, that means you're in the world of this and that, the ego, only referring to you over there, me over here. And it's really confusing because it's always shifting. It's always Mm -hmm. changing. You're always changing. So you never have a real reference point. It's like you're you're flying through a tornado. There's always the zeitgeist of the day. Yeah. And they'll always be changing opinions of different people based on what they're observing in the world. If you're living constantly in a place that you're only reacting to what you can observe, then you can't create. You can't go from 
here forward into the unmanifested. Interesting, yeah. I always thought being an observer is inherently a good thing because mm-hmm. you're you're taking in life and you're starting to see what things always pop out. I think the best way to approach this is what sparks joy in you. Mm. To just take everything that's happening out there and be curious and interested in it, you'll watch. You can find yourself on a roller coaster of emotions and thoughts and feelings about yourself, cares and concerns. They're just like all over the place. Start to know who you are and what you want to experience. So say it's miracles. And you start to say, okay, from this point forward, since life is unfolding from the unmanifested for me, with me, to me. Yeah. Then if I start focusing on miracles now, if I stay curious and open and interested and in love with this idea, love, connection, so it's not the ego, then I'm going to see more miracles happen. Yes, that's how it works. You'll start to see synchronicities. You'll start to see people show up just as you thought about somebody. They're going to, you know, call you on the phone. You're going to realize that this, this 90 however much percent, 98, 99% (laughs) of the invisible that rules the show here is very benevolent and fun and funny and has your best interest at heart all the time. Not only your best interest, but everybody else's best interest. So those synchronicities, when you show up to people, it happens because that's in their best interest too. And then watch how easy conversations are because they feel like, whoa, I'm connected or else they wouldn't be connecting with you at that moment that you're feeling connected. And then things start taking on a whole new life of their own in a really happy, fun, spontaneous, and definitely creative way. The fun part about this is at first you might not recognize it, but the more you start to recognize it, I call Mark the Miracles, the more astute you become at seeing them and even seeing them coming. And pretty soon you can facilitate them. Do you have any experience of this? Yes. Uh... An experience I had similar to that, like where synchronicity started coming up, very simple. I was over at a market. It was like an outdoor market with a friend. And we're talking about, my partner and I are talking about moving into her neighborhood because her neighborhood is it's beautiful. It's full of like musicians and it's the kind of atmosphere we want to be in. And we're just talking here and there and her friend comes over and... He says how he lives down the street from her, but uh, he's moving to Roslindale and soon, like September, which is perfect. That's exactly when we wanted to move. And it just took two questions. And I'm a very shy guy. I don't engage with people that way. But for some reason, I was pulled to ask him, like, you know, a couple of friendly questions. And he put my name on a list and a real estate agent called me and we're going to go check out the place soon. See, that's how it goes when you have an idea in your mind of what delights you. When you said, we love this neighborhood and these people, and this is cool. It has music. It has all the attributes that you like that bring you joy. In that moment, the divine, the universe is on it. All of that momentum of this divine field that's in your best interest is on it. It took five minutes. Yeah. It means you were in receptive mode then too. Oh, okay. Because I've seen it happen to friends too. Like uh, my friend would complain about her job and how she wishes for a different thing. And then literally five minutes later, a guy's offering her like a design job, something different than what she's doing. 
but she's so she's so much into her ego that she didn't see it. There you go. Yeah. I I wanted to say, yeah, you want to be cautious about that because the moment you start complaining, that's not in alignment with the joy yeah. and the and the infinite potential of creativity. When you're complaining about something that is, all you're doing is having a running commentary on something that can change in any moment, but you're stuck essentially in the past. By yeah. the time it comes out of your mouth, it's already the past. You created that before. So it's like you stuck a piece of gum in your mouth last week mm -hmm. and you're still chewing on it and you're complaining because it lost its flavor. Yeah. Spit it out and put a new piece of gum in your mouth. Yeah. Get a new thought about what you'd like to create from this moment forward. It's as simple as that. But we get so stuck on what is, even when it's the source of every discontent we have. Mm. And then we keep perpetuating that discontent by complaining about it or continuing to be in a mode that is anything but receptive. Yeah, and that can last for years. That can last for decades. Because people don't realize it's that simple. If you don't like it, change your mind. Find something about it, anything about it, the teeniest, smallest thing about it that you like. It could be a flower coming up in the crack in the sidewalk in front of your house. All of a sudden, you start appreciating one little small thing, and then watch. You'll get the next thing that makes you appreciative. The next thing, the next thing. Pretty soon, you're appreciating your way right out of that neighborhood Yeah. because you've found yourself resonating only with things you love, and they happen to be over there in the next town. And you don't know it if you're so busy focusing only on what you hate and contending with that over and over and over and fighting that over and over. So you're not supposed to fight. Why? Because if you're fighting it, it means you believe that you have no power over it or you wouldn't fight it. It means you're not using your creative capacity in any way. You're addressing a problem from the place of lack. And so yeah. fighting it is actually... It's an indication that you have a misidentity going. The ego is a misidentity. Anytime you believe that your only choice is to fight it, it means that you are out of your connection with your creative mind. There's always a creative way. I'll, I'll give you an example. So when my kids were small and uh, everybody was going in different directions, we had a big pantry in the kitchen. It was something that I had always dreamed about being somebody who liked to cook. I always wanted a nice big pantry where I could open up the doors and see everything on the shelves. So it was a delight to me to finally get this pantry in my life. And when it, the kids were growing up, it had lots of food in it at any given time. And often things that people were using that were on the bottom shelves because they were small still would be left open and crumbs everywhere, cereal spilt. It was just a mess in mm. this pantry that was like my source of pride and delight. <laughs> Again, identifying with things in the outside world that are finite. But so the whole time I would complain about the cabinet and this is a mess and what are you doing? And I had all this separation going on, fighting it. Yeah. When I woke up knowing that I was a creative soul connected to this source of everything, that never ever dreams of fighting things, but shows up in an embracing way. I had this inspiration one morning while I was meditating and I went to the big pantry, opened it up, took a little sticky note, drew a little Buddha's face, like little Buddha eyes and smile, and just wrote start to finish underneath it. Why? 
because I realized that in my life, one of the biggest obstacles I had to peace was that I was really good at initiating things, but not completing them. Mm. I always thought, oh, you're good at so many things, but you don't excel in anything. And it was something that I carried around that I beat myself up with my yeah. entire life. So when I realized, ah, the only reason is that I didn't know start to finish. Just come full circle with whatever you're doing. What would happen if I taught that to my children at an early age that you take the cereal out, you pour your cereal, you close it up, you close the box, you stick it back on the shelf, everything start to finish. Mm. And I thought, that's not me fighting it. That's me giving them a valuable piece of information that will serve them their entire lives. And this was the opportunity for that, that I would have missed if I wasn't in my right mind. I was in my crazy fight it mind prior to that. And I never had to think about that pantry again because they saw that little Buddha face and they saw that it was a smiley Buddha face. Mm -hmm. And they close up the cereal and put it back on the shelf the way that it was start to finish. And I have to say, in their lives now as adults, they have to do a lot of things that they initiate on their own and finish it completely. Being creatives, you have to know how to come full circle and enjoy your own creations just because you created them, not caring about the good or bad opinions of other people but just knowing that that feels so good to come start to finish oh, with yeah, something. That's, that's one of the most underrated lessons I have ever learned, mm. that you have to finish what you start. And I would say if the majority of the time you spend with yourself is focused on start to finish, you're going to know when you're doing something that absolutely doesn't belong in your ballpark. Oh, wow. And then you can easily say, hmm, that must not be for me because this isn't bringing me delight. So now we're back to what we started with, with the give and receive. Yeah. If you find yourself sacrificing to complete things, then just know this is a really benevolent world, very wonderfully orchestrated world when we step back and let go of certain ideas like suffering and sacrifice. Hmm. When we do that, if we just step back, quite possibly someone can come in that knows how to do it so much better than us and enjoys every minute of it. It might mean that you actually lose a job that you hate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but what's the problem there if you know you're going to orient from now moving forward towards what you really love and then again let go and delight in the things that are around you, receive from the world around you, then you're going to wind up in a situation that's so much better, that exceeds your expectations because the divine lined things up. I think the main theme here is that the universe has your back. Yeah. You have to know that as a miracle renegade because it means you're going to dive into things wholeheartedly, maybe not knowing why, but just because your heart's leading the way. Yeah. And when you do that, you watch how things unfold, how things appear. You know, you make that leap. And every time you make the leap, you find a step appears for you without knowing how or why. Yeah. I had quit my job in December. I was very unhappy. 
Um, it was long hours, and it was something I wasn't gaining from. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Did you find yourself sacrificing in that job? Just yes. think back to certain scenarios. And at that time, at the time you were sacrificing, did you have a little voice that was saying, well, this is noble? Oh, yeah. 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 See? It, I would always find the examples, you know, that um, the restaurant's on its feet, and I, I need to bring this person up, and if I just set everything up perfectly— then I can go. Mm. And it was always, it had to be perfect. So I could be okay with leaving these people behind. Mm -hmm. Because they're my friends too. Mm -hmm. It's just, sometimes you give and give and it's it's never enough because it's always evolving. You know, Mm -hmm. there's always another problem. There's always another situation where it pushes you back a couple of weeks. This is the most important thing that you led us into for people to understand and appreciate that sometimes when you're sacrificing and suffering at a particular endeavor, it's the equivalent of, you know, you're you're with third graders and you've got a master's degree and you're trying to pretend you're still in third grade. That's not kind to you and it's not kind to them. Yeah. Unless you know you're being the teacher and being appropriate in the way that you approach them, not patronizing and not judging or coercing or forcing them to do or be anything that they're not. It's a lot of why we have so many challenges in the world at large now where people move into things that are really not their business. Yeah. Yeah. It's always the assumption that uh, this person knows what to do or this person doesn't know what to do. And it kind of leaves them with a ceiling, you know? Um, Yeah. They're not going to grow as much as if you actually like help them out and support them. And listen to them. Yeah. Find out where they are and what makes them feel comfortable and able to make the next step in their particular journey in a way that feels really fun and exciting for them. The only reason we're in relationship with other people is to promote joy. Oh. Literally. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Literally. Yeah. So say say teachers knew this. Yeah. And they walk into a classroom. Sure, the kids are going to learn something as a byproduct if they're showing up in joy every day. Mm. And not only that, you'll learn a lot in the process because these kids are so amazing with all the capacities they have to come up with new creative ideas that are not part of a system that started many, many years ago. And that's an old piece of gum that should be spit out. Mm. When you show up knowing that all you're here for is to spark joy, everything shifts. Everything shifts. So it's a different barometer, mm-hmm. and it's a different level of relationship. The same thing that we began with here. If you're showing up to your walk, mm-hmm. like you were, that you were describing, having such an interesting experience of receiving rather than having to give, then you can find yourself becoming so full that the next encounter you have, you overflow into it, but you're not missing anything. Yeah. That's a miracle renegade. That's the definition of a miracle renegade. You show up knowing that your only reason for being alive that day on the planet is to spark joy. And in the process, you're going to do things like go to work. You're going to do things like make kids breakfast. You're going to do things like shop in supermarkets, go to restaurants. But if you know that you're going to spark joy, it makes all of it one big fun occasion. 
Life can be amazing when you choose the identity that connects you rather than separates you from things. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. So there are three stages of becoming an adept miracle renegade. The first stage is miracle-mindedness, which was what you were experiencing when you were walking along and just receiving. It's a receptive mode. It's a mode where you are allowing your mind to be more open and receptive, yet focused pointedly on specific things like joy at Mm. the same time, specific things like fun, (laughs) specific things like delight. That doesn't sound too hard. It's not that hard, but most people don't give themselves permission to do it because we were taught that suffering and sacrifice is noble. Mm. So miracle renegades do not believe in sacrifice and suffering as a noble path. Instead, we shift our minds where we're open to everything, but focused more on being able to access miracles really readily. Mm, So the unmanifested becomes more enticing and interesting to us. The invisible world around us becomes more interesting to us until we start to actually see it arrive. Do you start to see more of what is arising out of the invisible, the potential that's about to happen in any moment, and what's created from this space of connectivity rather than lack? So that's the shift of miracle-mindedness. Now, let's say I was a person who fell into this. I was stoned or something. I, (laughs) I, I fall into this. How do I hold on to it? Yeah. Am I supposed to hold on to this or am I supposed to let it come to me and I'm just supposed to relax or something? It truly is a relaxed state. It's a a perpetual relaxed state. It's what people really want when they say, I'm stressed. It's the antithesis of that. It's because you're trying so hard to attain and achieve things and in the process you're performing to get them Mm. that you're never receiving. You're never leaving enough space for the good things to come. Because even think of this, if you're breathing, You have a space between your breaths. Just slow down a moment. Slow down slow enough to be able to notice your breath. You have an inhale. And your body works a little bit at that. And you have an exhale. And your body works a little bit at that. But in between, there's space. That's where all the action is. The space. The pause. When you're receiving in that moment, you really receive that breath in order to let it go. So unless you're really receiving from life, how can you really give? Yeah, how can you let go? You never really received yet. That's like when people hyperventilate. Mm. It's because they don't realize that their mind is moving so fast into the next give, 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 and they're feeling stressed and they're feeling like it's never enough, it's never enough, it's never enough. They don't know why they blame other people for their judgments or opinions. They don't realize that they've been referring to outside circumstances and people for all of their identity. Mm. Instead, start noticing, okay, I took this inhale. Where's the inhale going? I'm really taking it in. I'm taking a pause first. I'm receiving it all the way. Now I can exhale. Now I can give it. Yeah. The give and receive part, that's so powerful and important. I never let someone go into this fine art of giving until... They've learned how to receive first, Mm. fully, fully. Emphasis on that word, full. And it's different from taking. Oh, completely. When you feel that sense of fullness, 
this is the very thing that most people are missing in their lives and they don't know it. And you don't get it from outside. It's an orientation that you facilitate within yourself. If you show up receiving that, everybody wins. Mm. Everybody in your life yeah. wins. There's no chance that you're not going to be somebody that gives to other people. You'll give joy and delight just in your receiving it. They see it too. They get to see you embody something that was invisible before you owned it, before you said joy and delight are my identity. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. That's uh, similar to bees, actually. That mm. When they find a flower patch, they'll do these figure eights. Mm. No one knew that the flower patch was there, but because they embodied- They're celebrating. Yeah, they're celebrating the- the and fact that they found something that was there. Beautiful. That's the perfect example of this. If we embody it, then other people get a chance to receive it and enjoy it and even emulate it. That's why miracle renegades are people who cause a movement towards further delight and further joy because they're always an expectation of it. So they're going to receive it. And then other people get a chance to enjoy it around them too. Mm -hmm. That's the best way to give if you've received first. And then you're giving it from the overflow. So that's what I was going to get to next. I typically wouldn't talk about give and receive that much until I got to the second phase, miracle matrixing. Mm. When you get to miracle matrixing, you're a little further along the path of being self-referring. This is the time where it's all about owning it and embodying it, trying it on for size yourself, not caring about the good or bad opinions of other people. And you decide that you're letting yourself be as expansive as you naturally are. Mm -hmm. When you get to Miracle Matrixing, you receive from all around you all the input and all of the things that you might have shut off before if you were in self-judgment mm -hmm. or if you were in judgment of various things in the world. So you give up the judgment. It doesn't serve a thing ever, ever. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make a blanket statement here, and it's one of those gold star statements Judgment is always wrong. Oh, wow. Assessment is different. You can take this and that and, and start to look at all the points of view around it. Judgment is always wrong because it's a statement, a finite statement, when in a world that's ever expanding and ever evolving, how can a finite statement be accurate? That's a good point, yeah. It always has the chance to move and be something else to evolve into something else depending on your orientation it'll it'll devolve into further hell if you judge it in the process you're judging yourself as not being creative and tapped into the source of all this massive miracle potential but if you don't judge it you evolve it you take it to a new place any obstacle is an opportunity. And this isn't just like a cliche phrase. This is truly how you're seeing it. You can't be open and receptive at the same time you're being judgmental. Yeah, It just doesn't work that way. When you're open and receptive, you're engaged, you're connected, you're in there. When you're judgmental, your mind is in the past, thinking of things that happened before, coloring the present yeah. to influence the future. So that is not being present. That's being micromanaging and, and defensive and judgmental. But I get people want more control in their lives. It yeah. seems like everything is chaos. If you watch the news, we have no power, no control. So with this micromanaging, it kind of makes everything more predictable. Yeah, in, in um, theory. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but it really doesn't because... 
we are actually in quotes, in control, when we decide to choose what we're going to focus on, and then that's what will be created in our world. If instead we're micromanaging as a way to avoid pain, problems, conflict that seem to be an inherent part of life, then we're actually putting ourselves right in that path. Whatever you focus on, you get more of. Mm. So here you are now, pretend you got hit over the head with a two by four and you wake up in the morning and all of a sudden your only tendency is to focus on delight. And everywhere you go, you're like, look at that, look at this, look at this. And you're focused in a way that now you're on this trajectory that's like a high flying, speedy, easy street. Mm -hmm. And people are like, why? Well, because you're not focused on lack. And you're not focused on the problem. Oh, yeah, if something pops up, all of a sudden you're like, well, I showed up. I'm a creator. What is there I can't create out of this? You don't even have an inclination then. Again, you got hit over the head by a two by four. But to see anything as joy in the making, fun in the making, bliss in the making, you show up to a room full of sour pusses and you walk in and pretty soon the whole room's laughing Yeah, because you brought it with you. And that's what people are missing. They think that they're going to find the answer out there. And they've already conditioned themselves to dismiss their own gut instincts or their own preferences because out there people might have a bad or a good opinion about that. So we live our lives for other people that... Actually, they're so wrapped up in their own worlds that they don't care really what's going on with you anyway. It feels like the people who judge you are just kind of looking through you. Well, listen to this. Why would you ever listen to somebody in judgment if judgment is the thing that disconnects you from the source of who you are? Yeah. So if you're listening to them, that's automatically choosing to go with a disconnect. Mm -hmm. Literally, that's all it is. So you're engaged with somebody having a total disconnect which is nothing, mm -hmm. and thinking it's something, when all you had to do was step back, pay attention to that space between the breaths, and just be in that space where you're not referring to the outside world for your happiness. You're choosing to identify with something that feels much more connected and real for you. And, and by the way, it doesn't shift and change. It's always there. Your true self the soul of you, the one you came in with with your first breath and the one you leave with with your last breath has nothing but utmost admiration and it has a clarity about you that sees every magnificent, amazing, miraculous aspect that you have. And that's its discernment for everything that you walk into. Mm. Sure, you can do this. Obviously, you can do that. Don't worry. Relax. We'll help you set it up the way that it's always a success. It's always a success in the making when you're aligned with the truth of you. And other people might be saying, whoa, what are you doing? Or I wouldn't do it that way. Or it's never been done before. But your true self knows, just stay with this. Yeah. Start to finish. Start to finish. Watch this. Just watch. Receive. We're going to give you all the resources you need. We're going to give you anything you could possibly want as long as you stay committed with this open focus to entertain anything but being focused only on joy and delight. You find yourself in amazing places, miraculous places. 
This is mind blowing. <laughs> because uh it, the world, right? It's physical. I know that there's a stand here. I have headphones on. There's a microphone in front of me. But what you're saying is as I look at things, I start manifesting them and they start coming to me. You attract them. I attract them. You attract them. Okay. So when you're here in front of this microphone and you're talking and you're talking about things that are delightful to you or want to uh, open your mind to entertain more delight mm -hmm. and more of the miraculous like you're doing, mm -hmm. then you're using this experience for evolution. Yeah. If you were getting in front of this mic believing that the world is screwed up and people are taking advantage of people and everybody is a mess, now we're doing a running commentary on what is that again is the old piece of chewed gum. Yeah. If it exists in the world right now, then it was created in the past. Mm -hmm. And so if we're going to have this dialogue here about all the problems in the world, insufferable pain in the world, how does that own our true nature of being utmost creators who can create anything out of the biggest messes? Instead, we would dive right in and say, whoa, here's a mess, here's a mess, here's a mess, here's a mess. Great. We have all this opportunity to become even more creative. The bigger the mess, the more creativity. Look, we're recording this in Cambridge, Massachusetts, right near MIT and Harvard, where we've oh, yeah. got these minds that are creating solutions to problems that people haven't even realized are big problems yet. Yeah. So I have every bit of hope for our world that the bigger the problem, the bigger the human minds that are going to show up knowing their divine capacity to expand beyond any problem and help us here. We just need to balance the, um, I can't call it power, the people who are in charge right now that are trying to suppress and control people out of fear. Mm -hmm. I don't call that power. I call that force. Yeah. So uh, the forces that that be right now rather than the powers that be. The power comes from the creative mind to not entertain what the problem is any further than noticing, okay, these are the dynamics at play. Mm -hmm. And so what are we going to do that makes this a joyful, delightful situation out of this big, massive mess? Look, if we come together with these brilliant, miraculous minds, this is truly miracle renegade territory. When people start recognizing that any mess is an opportunity to show up miraculously, yeah. it's going to look a lot different. That's not from a mode of sacrifice and suffering, by the way, either. Again, you only notice a mess long enough to figure out where it is you leap from there into the solution. Yeah, that's what I've seen with good journalism. I would listen to NPR and some other news podcast. And um, at first, I, I, I felt like they were manipulating me, you know, to be outraged or to think about these things and go out and, and hate the government and uh, hate the other party. And I was getting pretty bogged down by it. But over time, especially with good, good journalism, you start thinking about problems that you normally wouldn't have. And yeah, in a yeah. hopeful way, because you can yeah. you can feel it that the only reason something is addressed is when there's a call for a bigger expansion around it. And that would be what I would call for miracle workers a call for love. You got to show up more loving. 
Mm. Not more judgmental, not more discerning and deciphering who's the problem, who's creating the problem. Who cares who created the problem at this point? You just want to know to then embrace the source of the problem in a deeper, more profound and compelling way. Mm. That's the miracle part of us that has that capacity to do this. Our limited minds will always say, nah, can't do that, or no, they'll refuse that, or oh, what will they think of us now, or things like that, always referring outside. But the truth of us, that massive part that isn't embodied yet, has all that potential to move, literally move mountains. Mm. If we showed our young children that they have the capacity to do anything and then backed it up with this kind of teaching, Mm. get them into a science class, get them into a math and and history class and say, this is what happened through history. What would we do with this now? Yeah. If we were seeing our best qualities and the best qualities of everyone, what would we do with this now if we knew the whole world was going to be connected by a, a worldwide web and you could talk to somebody in China? Let's let's phone somebody in China right now, class, and talk to those kids in that school. And we both come up with solutions now. Yeah, it's it's so amazing how we have this connectivity and it's being used in a negative way, you know? <laughs> it's so like it's always it it always feels like it's been weaponized or like it's only the finite mind that thinks there are limited resources here that doesn't understand that anything we approach with this miraculous mindset is going to expand in nature and be win-win that's always the way this divine aspect of ourselves thinks how can everyone win from this can you feel the completion in that Right from the outset, you feel complete. It's not like we'll be happy when this is all figured out. It's that from the inception of you showing up, that moment, you feel completion. And, well, the only way we're going to carry on in this is if it's win-win. Think of what kind of mind engages in that compared to the one that's like, well, they made this big problem. We're going to address it now by coming back forcefully with this The whole thing about it is unsettling and uncomfortable. No wonder people don't feel safe or or as though the world is a kind, benevolent place. It's the orientation. And it's what, on a day-to-day basis, still humankind is being steered towards. Yeah. Dissatisfaction rather than their innate sense of completion that we all carry around with us every day but don't necessarily tap. Yeah. So what's something that you could possibly do to chip away at that Mm. like what's like a good practice to start off with whenever that happens that you find yourself frustrated or feeling defeated or maybe a little pessimistic or the qualities that people often experience on a day-to-day basis it's time to stop it's time to give yourself permission to stop and relax literally relax is the number one key here If you find that you're frustrated, you're not going to get any better by moving further into frustration. It's time to step back and let yourself take a big, deep breath, connect with the source of you. The breath will always connect you to the source of you since you came in with your first breath and you'll leave with your last. Mm. And then allow yourself in that moment to give yourself a pattern interrupt. You were going down the road of frustration or problem or pain. Do something fun. Do something that just makes you feel 
delighted in that moment. Sincerely, focusing on fun is way too underrated. Yeah. The minute that people have great inspiration is because they went and had a great meal. They took a break and had a great fun conversation and sat out on a back porch under the stars. You'll always hear that people have their greatest inspiration when they got out of that mode of frustration or hard work. Yeah. There's multiple ways. Take a nap. Go do something fun. Pet a puppy. You know, enjoy anything. The the vast blue sky when you're feeling crammed in and you're thinking, thinking, thinking too much. Allow yourself to get some space and some distance from the pain or problem at hand. You can meditate. Mm. It's It's a deliberate way to cease the pattern of discontent. You can watch the thoughts in your mind and see them coming and going like clouds in the sky. And let yourself identify with what makes you feel happier Mm. rather than all of them with the overwhelm and the stress that that causes. Close your eyes for a moment. If you meditate with your eyes closed and you're going to see that you're in a boundaryless space, you're in a vastness because you don't see any edges when you close your eyes and you're in this space within yourself. That automatically is a release of performance you know, just relax. And some people want to be the best meditators in the world because they've now moved into that mode of where this is another competition with myself. Mm -hmm. It's not about that at all. In this world of the Miracle Renegade, the one who relaxes the most wins. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) At any time, at any given time, think about it. If you just sat back, took a breath and relaxed, all of a sudden things can shift. Yeah. It only takes one breath. Yeah. That's what, um, when I would get swamped as a chef, I would just stand back. I would look at all the tickets. I'd take a breath. Everyone was really worried because I, I'm taking my time. I'm taking, you know, it's 15 seconds, but when you're in it, 15 seconds is a long yeah, time. Yeah, timelessness. <laughs> yeah. And then everything would come to me. It's like, okay, I'm going to shift everything over here, and then we're going to group these. We get this table out and these tables. And all of a sudden, it, it builds that momentum. Mm-hmm. It builds that momentum that everyone's relaxed and everyone is just, everything's flowing. And you know why? You just were kind to yourself. Kindness is so underrated. Just be kind to yourself from time to time. Stop yourself during the day and say, am I being kind to myself right now? And you'll notice that if you're in stressful situations, you are not being kind to yourself at that moment. You're beating yourself up for not having an answer. You're beating yourself up for not being good enough. You're beating yourself up for being late or too early. You're never where you, in quotes, need to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're always stuck somewhere else. Yeah. And in the thick of the illusion of being separate from the source of all that good stuff that you already have within you. So the main reason why that pause is so important is because it's a reconnect. It's like, okay, you're a lamp, unplug yourself from the wall, and now try to shine all day. Yeah. And so all you got to do is plug back in, in a nice, calm, kind way. Plug in in whatever way makes you feel happiest. That's back to what we began this conversation with today, that... To receive is to understand that that's plugging in. That's plugging in. So if you were going to be disconnected by not receiving and give, give, giving, and you're walking around a lamp disconnected from the wall, how are you going to shine? 
And how are you going to shine light for other people? Feel how frustrating that is, that if your job was to shine and you're disconnected because you're so busy giving to other people that you never gave to yourself and you pulled the plug out of the wall and then started walking around fixing and helping everybody else, Mm -hmm. who gets what? There's no life. Yeah, what are we doing? What are we doing all day, every day? And now that's a very unsettling thought for people. At the end of the day, people don't like to think, what the hell did I do today? What what was the point of all of that? You know, what did I accomplish? What did I get? That's the getting that people are thinking they want. That maybe tomorrow I can do it and get somewhere, get something. It doesn't work that way. It's showing up deliberately at the beginning of the day saying, today's the day that I'm just going to focus on joy. I'm just going to focus on delight. I'm just going to focus on what makes me feel peaceful and happy. And I'm still going to go to work. And I'm going to experience what that looks like now when I'm not sacrificing and suffering. I'm going to see what does it feel like if everybody wins when I win. And I win when everybody wins. Yeah. There's no separation. And I get a chance to show up and just watch what does life and work look like if I do that. Mm. So I want to encourage anybody who is listening that if you've never tried on the identity of a miracle renegade yet, there's no time like the present. There'll always be someone who's having a rough time out there and having a rough day. Find one little shard of delight, one little shred and, and, and piece of delight that you can focus on, then you can bring other people along. And Literally, people are like sheep wanting to go to the same green pastures. They really do want to go there, and it delights people in a way that is surprising and, and wonderful sometimes. 